yeah, we talked to some really interesting people so far this season, haven't we? Yeah, a lot of big names. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of different voices in the community, in communities we weren't even a part of, or I guess we didn't even know we were a part of until today. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting, like, how... I mean, we've talked to, you know, romance authors. We've talked to astrologers yeah. slash intimacy doulas. We've talked to, you know, writers slash, you know, polyamorous speakers and people who put on events and uh, people who are navigating polyamory in their own uh, minority, quote unquote, minority communities. It's it's interesting. It's yeah. very interesting, different points of view we've had on here, even though I think we're all saying the same thing in our own way. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, they're all very, very similar in some ways, but they're all very different. Like, big, big, different personalities, different, not necessarily causes, but I guess ways of different places in the communities, you know, they all kind of take up. But all kind of with the same, similar message of, like, you know, trying Stay. to... Yeah. Love <laughs> what you want to love. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. And that, you know, it's not only one set of people that are in this kind of relationship and this kind of lifestyle. Yeah, it's not all white people. Not no matter what they say on the TV, it's not yeah. all white people. Um, so I have a really random thing to bring up, which is not random at all, but definitely relevant to our non-monogamous communities. Um, yeah. You know, with the pandemic that's been going on, a lot of stuff has been happening. Um, states, you know, had a lot of events and you know clubs, et cetera, were closed for months and months at a time. And so last week, I believe it was. I got a notification on Twitter and interacted with someone who said that Trapeze was going to be opening. Trapeze? That's a... The sex club, yeah. And so Trapeze is opening in Florida this week. I'm not sure about in Atlanta, but for sure the date that I saw for their events for Florida was this weekend because it's Memorial Day weekend here. Um, And so... Already... (laughs) <laughs> but I get that the states are reopening for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a lot of businesses you can do socially distant, maybe. Yeah. Or try to, but uh, a sex club. Yeah. Okay. So I just checked the social media again because I remember. So they said that Florida is not opening. Florida was supposed to open last night and it didn't. So they're checking back the opening dates for that. But Atlanta is still opening tomorrow. Um, but. <laughs> and but it's why? for a red, white, and screw masquerade party this oh, Saturday. They have an event too? <laughs> they have, it's an event. They have an event. They have a whole thing. And I just think this is irresponsible. Oh, I think it's very bad. irresponsible because we are not even at the peak infection rate for this, you know, virus that we've got going on right now. Yeah, y'all are nowhere near under control. Yeah, the, the U.S. is not under control. We are not under control at even, all. Like, even if Atlanta is like maybe less than other states, it's still like, hey. And it's, it's also just not. Like, <laughs> just like a four-hour drive and you've got 20 people from New York or wherever else has like a high... Yeah. Actually, no, Atlanta is like that's south, right? So like Florida. Okay, like, so Florida is south of of Georgia, and so it would be about eight hours, I think, to get to Atlanta. Okay, it's a, a good. Maybe? But there's also planes right now. Like I yeah. Saw someone said they got like a flight for like less than fifty dollars, and. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, flights are flights yeah. flights have been happening the whole time. There's not been a moment where people have not where planes have not been taking off. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, and especially now that summer is here, more or less things are being ramped up travel wise. People want to go on their vacations. People want to do all these things. And I am sorry, it is just not okay to me. It is it's not okay a to terrible me. idea. Like how how are you going to protect your staff, much There's- less protect the the customers the clients how are you going to enforce mask wearing are you going to check their temperatures if they have to show you negative covid results and the results have to have been gotten that day like how are you going to control this and if there is a massive outbreak of the covid due to an event at a swingers club this is going to be a pr fucking shit show oh yeah definitely gonna be like oh yeah see we always knew they were the problem in society, and look at it now. <laughs> look at what they did. Right. It's... The rest of us are at home just like, what What we did? We're all at home. Those <laughs> crazy, whoever went to that stupid event. I'm just yeah. like, it's not only that they're reopening, it's that they're having an event. Yeah. If, you're, if you reopen, you would think, all right, if you're going to reopen any business, you're going to do it at, like, limited quantities, less people. An event, literally, the point of having an event is to have as much people as possible come and yeah i don't Um, yeah (laughs) i don't know i'm not okay with it and i just had to bring that up because we didn't talk we didn't talk about it with the catch-up last week and i wanted to bring it up now before we dive into our super secret it's not really a secret but super secret deep interview (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely in the title and if you are in the know then you know (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I I can't fathom this. I don't understand it. Um, this is this is just one of those things that I will not get. Um, to any of our listeners who are going to these events, well, God go with you, Kamina go with you. I mean, to anyone who's listening to us and I go into this event, don't. That is my advice. Even though it might be too late by the time this comes out, but still. It will be slightly, well, technically, the event's Saturday night, so this episode is dropping, yeah, obviously this episode didn't drop on Wednesday, as usual, this yeah. episode's dropping on our special, super special Saturday, special, special, if I say special more times, just slap me in the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> so hopefully whoever, they wake up and the first thing they do that morning is listen to Monogamish Pod and they say, you know what, mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't go to this Maybe this I shouldn't go. Party in the middle of a pandemic, maybe find like two people who you really want, like and have like a threesome to start out slow even yeah. that's a bad idea but it's better than yeah i don't, I don't know it's just ugh, yeah. oh god <laughs> people people are just kind of pretending as if you know covid is over because they've decided it's over yeah yeah it's sad. <laughs> like i know i it's like the fatigue is a thing i know people are tired of distancing but don't don't just go diving headfirst into the worst possible like situation it's like just going don't out there just don't just dive onto a stranger's pussy okay don't yeah. do that <laughs> not right now oh god oh yeah so <laughs> well yeah that that's that's, a, that's our hot news tip for the week yeah that <laughs> how about in uh in better news in better news you finished trigonometry you liked it oh yeah i said it i love it i love that show it's great um based on how it ended i think they're might be a season two. This has been confirmed, but you know, mm, okay. I look forward to more. But definitely, highly recommended. Watch it. 
Watch it. Watch it. It's great. It won't disappoint. <laughs> yeah. Siren is still happening on my end. Um, this relationship shit is weird as fuck. I don't know. I mean, like, it, it went from a, a monogamous couple, you know, to a, like, thruple with a mermaid. And then now the, the magic mermaid thruple is broken up and the mermaid's the hinge. And, you know, she's dating the girl and the dude. And the girl is dating another mermaid dude who is trans. Ah, mm-hmm. so, so it's one I mean, big magical polycule. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff happening. Already and don't happened. forget, Mermaid Girl has a baby. Don't forget that. And not with any of the people in the equation. But, you know, dude, boyfriend dude who's injecting himself with mermaid cells. That's a whole other side story that needs to be discussed at a whole different time. But yeah, he's just, he wants to raise the baby as his because he thinks that the baby is his own. And it's just, there's there's a lot of shit going on. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. This, this show sounds... <laughs> the, show, the show just took a turn this season that I was not prepared for and I don't really know how to deal with. But I'm still watching faithfully. Um, I will have to... I think the season is the season finale coming up soon. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. If it's coming up soon, I'll do a big finale recap for the pod later on. But um, until let's see, personal news. I've been on dates with people. Ooh. Yeah, you know the the Are Black People Allowed event that we All will right, just. Yes. <laughs> you were the star last time. So I was not a star. I just not a star, uh, as far as I'm concerned. You were on the poster. You're yeah. your biggest name on that poster. You know, that I care about. So yeah, Aww, far as I'm concerned, you're the star. But, but yeah, I've I've talked I've talked to a couple of people. Um, we've been texting and video chatting, and things are going. I'm ta- I'm just seeing where things go. All right, all right, taking it slow. Taking it slow. Um, but yeah, you know what? I want to do our intro before mm-hmm. we tell you what's coming up next. So I'm oh. Jen. Oh, I'm Sham. And, and we're, we're monogamish. monogamish. Yeah. Oh. I did it in the first half. Yeah, we lost it for a second. I'm going to get down the whole I'm after that. Yeah, we're going to time it one day, I swear. So now that we're back, I want to do an intro for the interview. Yeah. So we okay. we kind of hinted at it, of course. You see in the title. If you didn't check the title, then whatever. But also, uh, I've been talking about these uh, our Black People Allow Black Poly Pride Town Hall events. I've yep. had a really great time connecting with other Black polyamorous people. It's great, been dope. Yeah. I've gotten Sham and the Jamaican delegation to come to these online events. It's yep. great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and today we have the co-founders of Black Poly Pride and the Polycultural Diversity Alliance. When they, when they dropped that name for the first time, I was just like, whoa, this just sounds like so official and kind of superhero, actually. It's like, yeah. okay. It, it just I, plays into our whole superhero thing. We've been talking about this. I told yeah. y'all. Like, yeah, okay, we finally found our Avengers, our Justice League for uh, poly superheroes, yeah. Yeah. So it's Sheree and Shanae, Sheree and Shanae. They they interviewed with Sham and I. We were super happy to have them. We're going to, you know, let you guys listen to the interview now. Yeah. Here. So in today's episode, we have more famous people because, you know, Sham and I are famous. 
And so now we so attract cool. other famous people. And so we had, you know, poly role models. We had polyamorous wild Asian. We have polyamorous black girl. And now we have the co-founders of Black Poly Pride. What? Famous. Making moves. Yeah, we're moving on up there in the world, uh, you know. So we have Cherie and Shanae here with us today. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hey, everybody. How are you lovely ladies doing this evening? Um, one thing I, I think people who listen to podcasts appreciate is when you kind of identify the voices. So I guess Sherry go first. Hi, this is Cherie Calico. I'm one of an awesome pair of an awesome duo, the co-founders of Black Poly Pride and the Poly Cultural Diversity Alliance. I'm really happy to be here with the monogamous pod to hang out and answer some questions. Oh, lovely. All right, now, Shanae, your turn. Hi, it's Shanae Jackson Kendall. I am the other half of the amazing duo um, that co-founded the Polycultural Diversity Alliance and Black Poly Pride. And I too am really excited to be here with you guys. Um, I've had the opportunity to meet you at a couple of our events, so I'm excited to be on Monogamish Pod. All right, and we're of course are very excited to have you here. You know, as I said before, you know, you are famous big deals in the poly world as far as we're concerned, and you know, have you on our show? Hey, I, I think don't we're forget famous me, Jason. Oh, you guys are famous on your own, but you you didn't introduce me, Sham. Why didn't you introduce me? Because everybody knows you. Ain't special. <laughs> Damn it. But yeah, no, you guys are actually like real famous. This famous adjacent thing is a lie. Nice. So the Just reason me. I th- I feel like we're famous adjacent is because like people always kind of like talk to the people that like we get to talk and present at our events. And that's kind of a part of being like an organizer, right? Is like you present all of these awesome people that you kind of find various places on social media or like having gone to different conferences and events themselves. And so like we're kind of like the background people oftentimes, even though we do workshops and classes ourselves as well. Yeah, what Um, happens for us is that we put other people on. So like we intru- we introduce like we are making love connections. We're like advancing other people's careers. So we're kind of like you know like background famous something like that. Yeah. Okay, I get what you're saying. So it's kind of <laughs> like, like the movie directors, but the yeah. stars are the whoever's presenting. Right. Or like Timbaland because like we pe- people oh, know wow. us, right? Like yeah. you know who Timbaland is, right? Yeah. But you really really know Aaliyah. And it's because our time is, like, split between doing multiple things. So while we also present great classes and awesome material ourselves, right, we also split our time between that and event planning and community organizing. Um, Whereas in the people that we bring in, they present their classes and workshops full time. Oh, we gotta, okay. Sheree, we have to get like something that to run in the background of our workshops. Like you know how like dope <laughs> producers have like it's London on the track. Like we need to do something. <laughs> 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 There'll be a little little Black Poly Pride thing. That's like a little yeah, a banner Absolutely. of sorts. I think it's Sheree and Sinead. Because we have a theory that like several people who like were presented at. Black Poly Pride last year, like, got hit up by the media like crazy to, like, talk about polyamory and, like, 
come on various like television shows and podcasts and things like that. And there's no doubt in my mind that they like went to our website and like poached different like speakers and presenters. Wow. <laughs> you guys, I've actually taken down that page on our website because I feel like they were doing their work for them. So wow, it's like the good. who's who of black polyamory. So. <laughs> wow. That's, that's so good, right from underneath but ours is going to be bigger and better. So we're, we are looking forward to Black Poly Pride 2021. Uh, yes, because you were supposed to be Black Poly Pride 2020, right? But then the Rona. The Rona came through and fucked shit up pretty much. Yeah. It, it fucked some shit up, but then it also birthed something else really great because we wouldn't be here without the Rona and our Black People Allowed, which is our virtual event that's been happening every Saturday for the past month, which is where we met you, Jen, and how we ended up on Monogamous Pod. So some things happen for a reason, right? It's like full circle. We're trying to find the good in the Rona. (laughs) I mean, you guys created some great good in this Rona. I mean, people on the podcast have heard me talk nonstop about our Black people allowed in the Todd House and literally everything. So really, yeah. Yeah, you guys are good. I mean, because I, I knew Black Poly Pride existed. I kind of knew Poly Dallas Millennium existed, but I didn't really, I was never really in a space to go to conferences and events. That's not really been a thing for me usually. So it's like, oh, this has kind of opened me up more to the idea of traveling for these sorts of things. So thank you guys for that. Oh, we that. That's actually a goal of ours. Like yeah. one of the stated like goals behind the Polycultural Diversity Alliance is to get people offline and understand the importance of like spending time with polyamorous people from different places in real time. So like you really just affirmed us by saying that. Like that's very helpful. And and I also think it's something that we have realized now with our black people allowed because we're like, yo. Black Poly Pride next year is going to be like people who met online at our Black People Loud are definitely coming to Black Poly Pride next year because you want to meet everyone. You want to meet everyone. You want to see everyone. You've caught the vibes, right? Like, you know that we are certified now. It's kind of like, you know, test driving Black Poly Pride because you're not sure, right? You see this conference and you're like, eh looks like it's fun but is it really fun and now you know that if we can make a virtual event pop that we definitely have some special sauce mm-hmm. and that in person is going to be even a million times more lit so I'm looking Agreed. forward to it <laughs> someone who, um, who had even less knowledge than Jen did from before I'm definitely like more interested in this, this whole community now because one you know you guys are very intuitive and you give a lot of information that I didn't already have, but y'all are also fun. Like, you know, it's a whole fun little community that, you know, I was like from the outside looking in and now I kind of feel like I could actually fit in if I actually went to a proper event. So now if I had a chance, I would like, you know, definitely try to go to an event. It will, if they ever happen again. Yay! That is, ha- that makes me super happy. <laughs> that means that you'll be making plans to be in Washington, D.C. next June. Um, I'll, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> 
we have time. Get get Shan to BTT 2021. Yeah, yeah, Guys, we're, we're excited about the Jamaican delegation. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna try to go fund me for the entire delegation. We're, people gotta okay. donate. We're gonna be there. Absolutely. Gonna be there. Right, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right, let's let's go let's go back to the start. We need to <laughs> properly introduce like our guests. So uh, I guess starting from the beginning, you know, what do you identify as sexually? Like your you know. Are you fully poly or are you another version of poly or non-monogamous? Um, I am polyamorous and I am queer. Um, and I have been, I've been queer all my life. Um, I've been openly queer and non-monogamous for about a decade. So no. um, I'm, I'm definitely not new to, to, to this um, identification or to the community. Of course, experience. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, and this is Cherie, um, and I have identified as polyamorous since I was 12 years old is when I discovered it. Oh. And I know. Uh, so I have never been monogamous ever. Um, and I am also queer and kinky, so there are lots of intersections in my life um, that we also bring to our organization. So... So I can't help but ask, you know, you said you think you you know and you've been uh, non-monogamous from your 12. What made you realize? Like, is there a memory from being 12 where you're just like, oh, this is me? <laughs> so I am from Philadelphia and we have a really large Islamic and Muslim community. And, you know, they are polygynous. Um, they have multiple wives. And so a lot of members of, of the members of my family um, are Muslim and they have a parable and I, which I learned when I was 12, which is like, I want for my sister what I want for myself. And so I kind of like was having a conversation with one of my older cousins about what that meant. And she said to me, she said, if you had a great husband or partner and they're awesome and amazing, wouldn't you want to other people to experience them. And that developed my idea of polyamory because I was like, you know what, you're right. You know, I have never been highly invested in the idea of like ownership and also the way that like monogamy showed up in my household and in my life just seemed rather toxic. (laughs) Um, And so learning that and learning that there was an alternative way and a good way that you could um, look at your partner having multiple loves changed everything for me. Oh, wow. That's that's a great origin story. (laughs) I mean, it's it's, we talk about the superhero thing where it's kind of like, oh, it's you know, the Clark Kent, the Superman thing. You were just Superman all the time, apparently. Oh, like, yeah. You were, just, you were just already doing the superhero stuff before there was even, like, your original story is like a birth story. It's like, <laughs> here we are. In the beginning, I'm Superman. That's what it is. It is, but polyamory, like being polyamorous, it's a journey, right? Because as you grow as a person, you really have to learn what you enjoy, what you like, what works for you, because we still have things like socially and even culturally that shape us, right? And so that person still shows up to our polyamorous relationships. We can't deny that. And so it's not that I haven't had any struggles or evolutions throughout this journey either. 
you know, I've just known who I was and what I wanted longer. And so to kind of piggyback off of um, Cherie's origin story, um, I think that I have memories from when I was younger that kind of have shaped Black Poly Pride and the mission of the Polycultural Diversity Alliance, because one of our stated goals is to normalize non-monogamy. And um, when I had non-monogamous leanings, like at, my family can tell you, there's a hilarious story about being 13 and I had two boyfriends, right? And they knew about each other and everything was cool. My, and my parents were like, like, I can't believe this is happening. Um, but as I grew up, I never knew that non-monogamy was a valid choice. Um, I didn't have the um, benefit of having grown up around non-monogamy in any form and so I thought that love equaled monogamy so uh-huh. for so for me even though I may have had those leanings or like just naturally I'm a person who loves a lot I have a lot of love and I want I you know I have lots of close relationships in my life but I thought that romantic love that truly falling in romantic love meant choosing just one person And so it wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I realized that wasn't the case and that I could choose not just sex with other people, but I could also have loving, connected, committed relationships that were um, valid, right? And that having multiple relationships didn't invalidate my true loving feelings. Wow. That is very insightful and it kind of shows how important your uh, overall mission is because like you're saying you had the feelings you had the leanings but because you didn't have access to the language or know that such a thing existed you would have never known that you could have just been like that been your true self without like breaking some rules so the fact that now you've created you know black poly pride and the alliance is that you know someone else like you who's just starting some you know some girl with her two boyfriends that she doesn't understand can probably see one of your events and be like, oh, this is just like me and I can live like this. So yeah, I can definitely see from yeah. your like, I absolutely. Mm-hmm. I have a five-year-old and uh, he's being raised in a polyamorous family with like four parents. And my goal for him is to have a choice, right? Nobody's saying that monogamy is bad. But I just want him to know that he can choose whether to be in monogamous relationships or polyamorous relationships or go back and forth between. Like, I just want him to understand that whatever choice he makes for his relationship style is valid. No, that's great. Hopefully he chooses the home team, but, you know. Yeah, we hope he chooses the home team. (laughs) Whatever makes him happiest. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you mentioned that you have a son, Shanae. So tell us more about what your family structure is like with your son and how that plays into your polyamorous relationships. Um, well, at the time that I had my son, um, I was married and in a um, committed partnership um, with a woman I call my wife. And we decided together to have our son. Um, And then um, shortly after having our son, like three months, two, three months, I got into another relationship um, and with a woman. And so that is how my son ends up with three mothers and a father. Um, We 
currently live he currently lives with two of his moms and his dad and his other mom lives close by so we there are four adults that are parenting one child um and our co-parenting relationship is um it's really the foundation of our family so he must never get away with anything you know, he alternates between not getting away. He doesn't get away with anything, but he also gets everything. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, that's the other side of it. Yeah, that's the flip side is that too. If you ha- and not just that, four sets of grandparents. Oh, wow. Yeah, look at that. And he, for, um, for two of those sets of grandparents, he's the only grandchild. Wow, this kid is living life. <laughs> he is living a life. Trust me. I mean, my parents divorced when I was young and remarried when I was young also, but I ain't have no kind of nice life like that because my mother, my mother married as, as what's his name? A Jehovah's witness. So they don't celebrate birthdays, no Christmas, no presents. You know, no presents I was raised whatsoever. as a Jehovah's witness and my parents are still Jehovah's witnesses. And, um, my, my, because my parents don't celebrate birthdays, they kind of flip it. And so they've told that child that every day is his birthday. So he literally doesn't leave their house without a new toy. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's intense. <laughs> I've never heard the no birthday thing go the opposite direction. I didn't have that. I was spoiled. I, I grew up spoiled in the exact same way. My parents, Yeah. We, we, we kind of celebrated all the time. We would come home and there were just gifts on the table for no reason. Wrapped presents, just like. Listen, <laughs> I, why couldn't I, why couldn't my mom have married into your family? I mean, also, that'd be weird because you're hot. That'd be a whole awkward situation. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, if she had to marry into a family that, you know, didn't really celebrate these kinds of holidays and made every day a holiday, I would have been happier. Yeah, I was going to say, you make sounding like being a Jehovah's Witness the best thing ever. Like, if I heard that when I was growing up, I'd be like, oh, yeah, definitely. I want to be a Jehovah's Witness. I want it to end up, you know, probably being like the you know, typical I won't, child. I won't lie. I had a really dope childhood. Um, so I, I loved I loved growing up. I was a Jehovah's Witness until I was 21 years old. And I think that it it has shaped who I am in the way that I love and that we are taught to love everybody, right? And have like a genuine care for our neighbors. And so if you understand that you can have like one type of love for multiple people, I think it was easier for me to understand like if I can have like that familial love, I can also like experience eros and like romantic love with multiple people. Oh, wow. You had like the perfect upbringing to become who you are, which <laughs> is good. Both of them are living the bomb-ass lifestyles, okay? Just saying. Shereen and Like, you hear so many stories of people, like, living who they are in, like, spite of their um, upbringing. I like that this one kind of came, like, along with the upbringing. Like, you know, you weren't, like, trying to go against anything. You are actually kind of nurtured to live like this. So. I mean, so. I so I think everyone, if you grew up kind of in, like, the Western world, right? If you grew up in America, you still have like society to contend with, right? So I don't want to make it sound like it's like easy or that it was a cakewalk because that's not necessarily the case. I mean, both Shanae's parents and my parents chose monogamy, right? And we're monogamous people. And so the ways in which they view polyamory are 
it's just they don't know much about it or at least my parents don't know much about it so it's not like we can have like a conversation from a place like if had if like you had grown up with polyamorous parents like I have a girlfriend who she grew up polyamorous like her parents were polyamorous um and so we still have those differences but I definitely think that there is a way to kind of take your upbringing and not necessarily become it and like make your life your own you have the right to make your life your own right I think that's a very good point Sheree because like while I can see exactly how the way I was raised led me to be who I am, my parents, like this, they've been married for 45 years um, and, to, and, and completely monogamous. So the way that I live goes completely against how they, the life they wanted for me, right? But I think that they can also look at my life and see that I am happy and healthy and self-supporting, right? And that is what they raised their children to be. So, um I think it's, I think Sheree is exactly right that we, like, instead of deciding to be someone in spite of your upbringing, you decide to kind of, like, take everything that was given to you and then choose and build a life for yourself that makes sense based on who you, who you are. Oh, so right. Guys dropping the bombs. I'm going to have tons of content to put my little special clips that I post on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, clip, boom, clip. Love it. Uh, but yeah, so Shanae, we've gotten to your current, you know, family structure. Cherie, do you have a similar family structure or do you have a husband, wives, and babies? So I do not have husbands, wives, and babies, uh, which I think also makes our partnership, the partnership between Shanae and I really awesome is because we just exist um, with different experiences and things that we bring to the table. And so I exist as a autonomous solo polyamorous person. Um, and I have multiple relationships with people. I have, um, girlfriends who are integral parts of my life. And we do a lot of things that resemble partnership together. And, but I also have a life that I live as a single person and so that's kind of like a balancing act as well and kind of forging that path because it does look so unconventional right like even being kind of on the edge of 30 I'll be 30 in November and all of the things that I thought I would my life would look like (laughs) are totally just not right (laughs) it's not that it looks nothing like I was raised to think my life should look like by 30 but it's definitely everything I want and desire see that's all we can really ask for honestly I mean (laughs) trust me I think I think as those of us who grew up in a certain time period and I say specifically us you know millennial folk (laughs) look at me throwing out huge words a lot of what we were exposed to and relationship wise and expectations kind of came from a very um not antiquated per se background but a very specific um system that was old school that's where it's set in place absolutely I mean when so when people in my life ask me like do you want kids? Are you ever going to have kids? Like, what does that look like for you? Or when are you going to, and then they attach it to like, when are you going to get married? And I always say, I'm like, if I want a kid, I'm going to go out and have a kid. <laughs> like, that's something that, you know, now in the year of Lord 2020, a woman can go out and do on her own. 
right? Like <laughs> you, you would think so, but apparently, <laughs> if, if that's my, if that's something that I am desirous of, I can make that happen. I can make any life and any dream that I have a reality for myself, and that is so freeing to me. Love it. Love it. So Cherie is definitely solo poly. So Sinead, what would you refer to your I, type of poly? Well, yeah. I don't know if I say, like, I use the title, like, solo poly as, like, a way for people to kind of identify what my life is like. Mm-hmm. However, I definitely believe in partnership. I believe in living communally or living with other people. Um, that's just not how I live my life currently. And I believe in the fluidity of identifiers, right? I think that people become polyamorous and they read, like, terms and books and they say, oh, I'm this thing right? This is me. But the me that I am needs to have room to grow and evolve and do things differently and change our like change my mind. So that's kind of the beauty of it as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I said right now I can say I'm solo poly, but uh, we'll see what happens in the future. And what has happened before (laughs) was definitely not that. So, you know, relationships evolve, people evolve, you have different relationships with different people. That's really, it's really what it is. It's like relationship with yourself is different and changes over time. And then it changes how you relate to other people, potential partners or not. And now, you know, next thing you know, you'll be married with a kid and three wives. But yeah, so Shanae, you, what 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 current um word can we use to describe the kind of poly you practice? It's just so I don't know if there is a word for it, and I don't want to like miss. I, I'll explain kind of my my setup and how I approach polyamory. If you had to label it, I would probably say that I am non-hierarchically polyamorous, um, so completely egalitarian, um, and what that means for me is that although I am nested and in committed partnerships, that I am not closed to nesting and com- and building more committed partnerships in my life. So um, the house and the babies and the rings and all of that, um, that I enjoy with some of my partners, I'm also open to that with other partners. Um, so just like, I think, I think one of the things that people look at you know, legal marriage, and they look at nesting, and they, in their head, that creates a hierarchy. But I like, for me, that I like to be very explicit about the fact that I'm open to having children with other partners. I'm open to nesting with other partners. I'm open to life partnerships. And so that's where my my egalitarian comes in, in that this is not like a, I have a husband, and I have a submissive, and these are things that just no one else can be. That's, that's not how I work. So, guys, just so you know, Shuri and Shanae, they seem to be available. Indeed. <laughs> they seem to be available. If you want to slide into their DMs, I think you should. Absolutely. See, look at Jen being the perfect wing woman. <laughs> I'm, I'm just getting it out there. I mean, I, I've kind of decided that I'm also low-key using this podcast as a dating platform. So <laughs> whatever happens for the guests, whatever happens for Sham and I, I just, we, we love love. Right. Everyone's <laughs> DMs on this call are open. Everyone's DMs are open. Everyone's DMs are open. Uh, but yeah, so of course, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, well, I talk a lot about the 
Black Qualified Town Hall. I'm Black People Aloud. Uh, but tell us a bit more about the Black Poly Pride and the Polycultural Diversity Alliance and how that kind of came to be. And it's going to be a weird question because I'm asking about what it is. And then I'm going to talk about, I'm going to ask you what your lives were before you started, you know, the Polycultural <laughs> Diversity Alliance and Black Poly Pride. And then why you decided to do it, what events you went to. Just, it's going to, the whole thing. Just talk to me, talk at my face. <laughs> So this is a, Cherie totally got me into this. Um, we were planning a pool party. That That is like our, that is the origin story of this baby. We were planning a pool party um, and it started with a desire to, well, let me go back. Cherie, maybe we should okay. start at, where should we start with this story? Um, okay, so... Back in the day, many eons ago, no, just kidding, it hasn't really been that long, it was like three, four years ago, um, Shanae and I became admins of a particular group on Facebook that was pretty large and had um, uh, people in our age range who identified as polyamorous and young and Black people. And so we started to create and admin this group. And we started to host events. And one of the events that we were supposed to do in 2019 was um, World Pride. Uh, but something happened for me personally, which was like, uh, I'm like I said, I'm from Philadelphia. And here in Philadelphia, when you identify as a member of the LGBTQIA community and you are Black, you go to Black Pride. Um, we have our own pride parades, you know, and I really wanted to like partner with Shanae when we said we were going to plan this pool party, right? I was like, well, if we're going to do this pool party and the event that we were supposed to go to, which was Polly Dallas Millennium was unfortunately canceled in 2019. So I was like, well, we can make it like a pride celebration, you know, for poly, for black for poly, poly, for black poly people, <laughs> and she was like, "Hmm, uh, <laughs> that sounds like a lot." <laughs> and so at first it was like, "This is the, this is the progression of it." We were like, "Okay, we're gonna throw a pool party, cool." But if we're gonna throw a pool party on Saturday, like you should go probably just go ahead and do like a little brunch on Sunday, right? <laughs> and then, well, I mean, if you're going to fly in for the weekend, you could do like a little workshop or something on Friday. So you kind of have like, this is how it ballooned into a three-day conference. We just kept adding things. And finally, we sat down at the table and we were like, we think we're onto something here. So we formed the Polycultural Diversity Alliance because our vision was to put on events for Black polyamorous people. Right. Um, well, well, that kind of came after. So sorry to mess up the timeline. Okay, go ahead. Start, so Black Poly Pride was our baby. And so we once we decided we were going to do a full weekend, we needed a hotel to host this event. And what I started doing was contacting different hotels. I'd be on the phone with Shanae and like sending out like 50 requests for hotels and no one was contacting me back to like let us host this party called Black Poly Pride. And so I was like, hmm, I need like a cover name, right? Because anything with like black and pride in it, people are probably like standoffish about. 
And so I came up with the name, the Polycultural Diversity Alliance. And I was like, oh, this is dope because I'm sure this is not going to be our only event. And like hotels started contacting me like left and right. (laughs) So it was kind of funny, but also like speaks to some of the issues that we run, run up against as black organizers within the community like just being true to ourselves it's like the name your parents give you to cover up your your ethnic middle name you know oh yep for sure lauren yep sorry so we um so basically we we dallas was the plan so even once Poly Dallas Millennium got canceled, we we went ahead and we forged ahead and we took that weekend and we started building with the help and support of uh, Ruby Bowie Johnson, who is uh, the founder of Poly Dallas Millennium. We started building Black Poly Pride. Um, you know, we kind of just wanted to stand in the gap for our community um, in the fact that there wasn't a polyamorous, a, there wasn't a black or a, a a person of color conference happening that year. So we were like, we'll do this thing, right? Like we didn't know whether it would be an annual thing. When people asked us that in the plan, we were like, um, let, let us get this year down and then we'll let you know if we're going to do it again. Like, right. right. And, and I also want people to keep in mind that like we legit started planning this in like late March and we had it in July so the progression of this event wow that was fast <laughs> and and like dreaming it up and and putting it on was like very fast paced um but we definitely had so much support from the community and just people who came before us like Shanae said Ruby was a big help and is like one of our biggest cheerleaders I'm just thinking of for you like planning this event like a few months away and they're already giving you work for next year and you haven't even like finished work for this year yet. Like for you. You clearly got worked out in the end. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it was so funny because we people got that answer so often, right? Um, so we, we, you know how people were like, we were like, it's the inaugural Black Poly Pride. Using that word doesn't commit us, you know, it just says it's the very first one. It indicates that there might be some afterward, but it doesn't like, you know, cement us to anything. So we were at the closing uh, event for Black Poly Pride 2019, which exceeded our expectations in every single way. Two weeks before the conference, there were 33 people who were registered for any part of the conference. Um, And by the end of the weekend, we had had 75 unique attendees. Um, So, again, it completely exceeded our expectations in every way. And at the brunt, to the end of the... um, the very end of the weekend, people were like, so is there going to be a Black Poly Pride, you know, 2020? And honestly, surrounded by all of that love, having had that, like, transformative experience, there was no way that we could say no. Like, we knew we we felt very, like, convicted that we had to do it again. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think that that was the thing. I, I tell people this all the time. It's like, I was an organizer of, of this great event, and it was amazing. But what was really amazing that I did not expect is I didn't just love attending it as an organizer, but, like, as an attendee. It was kind of everything that I needed and, and would have desired in an event as well. 
Wow. It was something, it was like more than we, like way more than we expected. So I'm not a crier and I cried four times in front of like strangers. So, (laughs) but they were no longer strangers. That was the great thing about this event is it really turns people into family really quickly because it's so it's not often that we are all in a space together or you get to be in space with people who think like you dream like you love like you live like you and that's why I think like it was such a transformational experience for everyone yeah I mean now I'm just kind of jealous that I wasn't there (laughs) You can you You'll can be there in 2021. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I need like if I had known people then I'd have been like Skype me in, guys. Oh, you can't yeah. make it, but Skype me in. Yeah, cause actually I think I was working Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, I was working a lot last year on that time. Now that I think about it, that's besides the point. This is just me rambling. Anyway, so yes, you tell us about how say, you create. This tell me that great things come from pool parties. So <laughs> as soon as the Rona is over, we can have a big pool party. So that's my current plan. This is going that's forward. Like, oh, it's important to note that we did, in fact, have the dope-ass pool party. I and that was... now a pool party is kind of like the central social event of Black Poly Pride. So Black Poly Pride 2021 will have a dope pool party. Oh, see? I'm excited about that. I need to start getting my pool party body ready, which is whatever body I have when I get to the pool party. Um, (laughs) I have my bathing suits and stuff. Yeah, it'll be good. So so the structure of the 2019 conference was, you know, workshops on the Friday, pool party on the Saturday, then brunch on the Sunday. Was that like the general order of things or... Was it like you had so, more workshops so act- on Saturday and Sunday as well? Once you put everything together. So actually, we do. We try to do like a 50-50 split. So on on Friday we do classes. So we arrived on Thursday, um, and we had like a rooftop gala party um, in downtown Dallas, which was amazing and what we do is we wherever we travel to we reach into the local community and get the groups who are people who are already there and meeting up to kind of co-host the event the social aspects and so um i think that black and poly dallas hosted our um welcome mixer oh i think that was no that was, was Oh, it wasn't Black and Poly Dallas. It was, I don't remember the name of the group. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Yes. Well, one of the local groups hosted that. And then, um, so that was amazing. And then Friday is when we start classes. So we have classes and workshops that start like right after breakfast um, and go into the afternoon and then we have a social event so I think Friday we had a coffee and hoes they hosted a um, bar crawl so a unique bar crawl throughout uh, Deep Ellum in Dallas yeah that was that bar crawl was like really awesome we ended up having a lot of fun kind of just like traipsing around that area of Dallas drinking and picking up more people at each like bar um we took some really awesome pictures those those for anyone who's like curious or feeling a little jealous all of these um like photos of our events can be found at our website at blackpolypride.com 
you can look at the events tab and see Black Poly Pride 2019. Yeah. Okay, so that means that going around getting drunk with fun, with fun people has been a part of your brand all the time. So it's not just since, you know, the meetups online. It's always been part of what, what makes Black Poly Pride a thing. So getting drunk is not necessarily, like, mandatory. (laughs) It's not mandatory or anything, um, but it is just a really great time. Socializing is an important part of it because everyone doesn't live in a community where they can socialize and meet with people like them. All right. Yeah, I would say that what, what is essential to our brand is that as we're doing emotional work and community work and as we're strengthening our community, we also realize the importance of the self-care of um, of partying and having a good time. And one of the things that my co-founder yeah. loves to say is that black joy is just as important as black tree. Huh? Black joy is just <laughs> oh. as important as Oh, black joy is, I always say that black joy is just as important as black healing and black progression. So those two things do not have to be separate. We can have those in the same spaces and at the same conference. And I feel like sometimes like those spaces that Shanae and I would go to previously, they would have one and not the other. And there's something really special about experiencing both together. Um, I think that Jen, maybe you you could speak to this experience of like being there this past Saturday, even virtually, and having these like healing experiences that gives us intimacy and bonding together, and then partying. And it's like, oh, like I have these dope like emotionally vulnerable moments with you. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated on Saturday. There were so many like women in the space, like non-men in the space. It was just kind of like, whoa, there is a lot of energy happening here. I am overloaded. (laughs) And it wasn't it wasn't in a bad way. It was just kind of like a wow. And you know, the fact that a lot of some of the conversations that were being had are stuff that I've struggled with or I've had to deal with. And so, you know, it's working through that and just yeah, and then, you know, happy hour afterwards is always a good way to blow off steam. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there, I saw that there were some, there were some connections being made in, yeah. in the chat. No, I mean, there's just, yeah. it, it was a very, very good event. Sorry. You couldn't be there. Shama. It was for, yeah, I'm going to now. It was for not, it was for not men. Yeah. I, understand, I understand. I cannot fight the, the, the theme. Yeah. I understand. I'm just still, a little a little green if anything you know yeah i mean we we have virtual speed dating as well which was like highly successful from what i hear there were definitely connections made on saturday um and so sham don't feel too bad because we're we're considering bringing it back for like one of the saturdays where men and you know non-men where everyone's in the room so we're working on it we're going to work on on hooking you up yeah now he's just living off of my stories and I was like yeah I went on a date and everyone saw and he was like what I was like yeah because I had two cameras on <laughs> <laughs> so one I was on the date and the other one everyone was watching me be on the date Oh wow! <laughs> it was funny because I forgot the other camera was there because I thought I had turned it off before, but you know I'm old. I don't remember anything. Uh, that happened. That happened. So yeah, I'll definitely say that um, our virtual event 
um, which has been a thus far a four part series called How Are, uh, Are Black People Allowed? And most recently, Are Black Women Allowed? Um, that has definitely kind of been an offshoot and something that kind of was birthed from um, the unfortunate rescheduling of Black Poly Pride 2020. Um, unfortunately, the COVID pandemic um, kind of pushed us to make the difficult decision to hold off on Black Poly Pride this year and reschedule it for 2021. Um, and with that reschedule, we felt that our community really, we we were trying, we, we took a, a while, maybe about a month to figure out what we could do for our community um, in, in the meantime, right? we knew that Black Poly Pride can't happen online, right? It's an in real life, in your face, I can reach out and touch you experience. Um, but we wanted to know, well, what can we do? And so that's where our Black People Allowed came from. Yeah. And I, I think what was unfortunate, but also fortunate for us as an organization and community was, we weren't, you know, Shanae had been saying for a while, like, oh, we should do a virtual conference. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was still mourning the fact that we had to cancel Black Poly Pride. Um, but I started attending these virtual conferences. And Shanae and I went to one together. And there would be 20 people on camera and there would be one Black face. And what was the reality is, even when we are all equally accessible, right? Like, I'm like, I'm available, I'm home doing nothing. Everybody, you know, there are plenty of people who are home and who are Black and who have our marvelous speakers and educators and therapists who they could have tapped to come to their conferences. They didn't. And one of the things that Shanae and I get asked all the time is, are white people allowed? Like people send us emails um, <laughs> and messages on our social media accounts asking all the time, are white people allowed? And what that does is it recenters whiteness when we are actively trying to decenter it, right? And so I was like, that would be super funny to like <laughs> call something are black people allowed because we are othered all the time. It's like a consistent and constant experience to be a black person to arrive at an event and feel othered or the only classes and things that you can relate to or that center blackness are ones surrounded about by like are created to make white people know how to love their black partner or how to treat their uh, partner who is ethnic or of color well. <laughs> and so what's, what's in that for us? Um, and so I think that this made Shanae and I recognize that even when we are stuck at home, our organization is still necessary. Yeah, for sure. It really, really is. And I, I could definitely see it. I got invited to an online polyamorous conference after this whole, you know, our Black People Aloud virtual conference town hall event started happening. Uh, they reached out to the podcast, you know, like, hey, you should come to this conference. Here's a sign. And I looked at it. And I looked at the page that was promoting it. And I was just like, I know I'm going to be the only Black person here. <laughs> I just know it. 
I don't want to go. <laughs> and so I was kind of right. like, and, the, and that's the thing. The sometimes you just get sick of being the only black person in the room sometimes. Right. Like yeah. that feeling is just it. It it doesn't feel good to always be that token. Um, and yeah. so we kind of just stop. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, no, trust me. I mean, I and this just happened. I think like what, last week or week before, they were like, "Oh, hey, you should come. You know, it'll align with your platform." I'm just kind of like, "Yeah, thank you so much for the invite. I'll see if it can fit into our schedule." Yeah. Mm, no and I, and I think that there are oftentimes situations like that. And I just I make a call to like every black sex educator, educator, therapist who like people who get invited to these events constantly and consistently to ask these organizers where the other black people are or who else will be there because that's what creates a safe experience for you right like or a, a good experience like hey just the question will uh, are there any other black speakers or entertainers on the like lineup roster like um so that that idea that feeling of like tokenism can be called to the carpet because I think that they've just been doing it for so long and kind of no one's ever said anything <laughs> yeah I believe um, that I believe that yeah. if, you're, if you're only surrounded by white people white people are not going to ask hey where are the brown people at right <laughs> and one of one of the things that we have actively kind of we kind of call that concept um we've we taken we taken a ancient black parable called who all gonna be there um, you always I was thinking ask, it the whole time, but didn't want to say it. Yeah, you you always you always ask who all gonna be there, right? And so that's an important question to ask because yeah. if you're and this is an absolute call out. So like I'll go on the record and say to every polyamorous organizer, if you look at your lineup and the majority of your speakers are cis het white women, you're doing something wrong. Um and you're doing something wrong. Black men cannot speak to my experience as a queer black woman. Um, and my voice as a queer black woman, Cherie's voice as a queer black, a queer black woman is important. Um, when you Google black polyamory, our names come up. Lots of our colleagues names come up. So if you are actively seeking diversity, it's there to be found. And so every time I see these conferences with all these white women and all these white men, I know that you are not actively seeking diversity. I see you and I know that it's intentional. It's purposeful. Because that's something that we know right now, having the lens and scope as organizers. We know what it's like to search for people. <laughs> right, we know what it's like when you're on ground zero of an event and you're looking for people to speak at your conference, and it's hard to pass over. Like you literally have to pass over, is specifically black women and black queer people, and that's why we really love to uplift and center those center those voices. As you see that our black people allowed. Our week three was kink week, and we were very purposeful and intentional about having our lineup of speakers be black women and black non-binary and black queer people. Right. And, it, and it's, some, it's something that we are committed to, um, and it, we want to stand out as the conference where black people, black voices uh queer voices 
women's voices, non-binary people's voices are the majority. So we will continue to push for that. And that's definitely something we uh, understand here. Oh, uh, yeah. Similar to our own kind of, you know, I guess, credence, yeah. what do you call it, our uh, goal? I mean, I, I'm okay featuring other people of color on the podcast, but I don't want to bring another white person on here at this point in time. It's not a plan. Really? Yeah. Was that yeah. like, I, I won't go into that, but I completely understand. And there are thousands of other podcasts that they can go on. Um, <laughs> I, I listen to the other podcasts. They go on them all the time. I, I just, I just didn't think, I mean, our experiences, you know, were black. We're black Caribbean people. Like I am a black, you know, pansexual Caribbean woman. My experience is not going to have anything to do with them. I'm an, I am an immigrant in this land that has nothing to do with them. Sham's still living in Jamaica. There is nothing about my experience that they can genuinely relate to past the fact that, you know, we date multiple people ethically. Yeah. So I just didn't think it was necessary at this time to have them on. And maybe it's, ever. Maybe there's lots of white polyamorous podcasts. There's and so many. And for the so most part, they tend to just invite people that look like them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's about it. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I, I think we've been lucky that um, you know, we got you guys to come on, of course, we got, you know, poly role models to come on, we got polyamorous black girl on here, and then the only other person that we well we interviewed other people of course who are not technically in the polyamorous community but have talked about other things related to that um but we also brought polyamorous while asian super super dope person like she was amazing and her experience is also unique because she lives in what you know us us layman folks know as the poly mecca of the world which is you know portland oregon <laughs> the yeah. pacific northwest so her so experience was such a unique experience for us to share because it's kind of like she's like yeah i'm asian i'm polyamorous and uh, there's not really many of us in this space <laughs> and so i wanted to give a platform to her where i could hear about her experiences and you know the othering that she experienced in the community as well and so we got to do that and that was great so one thing i was wondering in regards to like so we talk about the now virtual conference that you guys are having how are you, um, like, other than us, you know, me and Jen, and then our kind of little band of Jamaicans that we kind of run into the group, <laughs> have there been any other, like, you know, out, like people who you probably might not have seen at the actual Black Poly Pride that now that it's virtual and online have been coming into the, that are Black people allowed weekly thing? So... You, you, you may have like our attendees who were in person. Are they now attending our virtual event, or are people from other places coming, like outside guess, of the U.S.? I guess both. So not necessarily outside of okay. the U.S., but is anyone like using the opportunity now that you know they can just go in over Zoom or you know wherever? So are you oh, seeing absolutely. more faces from like outside the community that you're used to? So absolutely. So one of the great things about our Black People Aloud has been the growth that we've experienced. Um, Because everyone, the thing about people to like get on a plane, 
book a hotel room for three days, three to four days, um, right, buy this registration. That's a large investment for people to make up front. And our Black People Allowed has been free, you know. Um, We have, like, taken gifts of love and, like, accepted those. But primarily we've come as, like, a free platform, you know, donate whatever you can. And so I think that that's been important for people to experience us who may have been leery about making that investment. I mean, especially now living in the times that we're in with COVID-19, you know, someone making an investment of $500 or, you know, more to travel to Washington, D.C. is a big deal. And we see that, right? And we don't want to ostracize people in our community who that may not be accessible for. So having doing this work and making it as accessible as possible for everyone is super, has been super important. And I mean, we have so many new faces, people that we did not know. And also like our returning demographic, because like I said, Black Holly Pride very much so has that familial feeling um, (laughs) where everyone like connected and had these really amazing moments together last summer and they're really dedicated and invested in us and in a way that is just heartwarming and they show up every week right and and I think the other thing is something that Jen alluded to earlier where you talked about kind of like not not really being like plugged into like the conference scene and the idea of like traveling to a polyamorous event maybe is something that you had never considered before and I love the idea that our Black people allow kind of gives everyone a preview, right? So, like, if you weren't sure, like, let's say you have a finite amount of vacation time, a finite amount of vacation funds, and you weren't sure before whether Black Poly Pride was something that you wanted to, you know, use your finite resources on, this kind of gives you a glimpse of what our spaces are like. And, like, you know, if you could have basically the idea that if you could have this much fun online, Um, with people you've never met before, how much more fun could it be if you're kind of, like, by the time you get to Black Poly Pride, because of the virtual events, it's kind of like a reunion, and finally meeting people that you've been building bonds with um, during this time. So I'm really looking forward to some of the people who we have met online and started to build bonds with coming and being, like, in person, because I really think that that in real life, like I can reach out and touch you, um, connection is very important to our community. Oh, agreed, 100%. That reach out and touch thing. I mean, I, I build great connections online, don't get me wrong, but sometimes I just need that little reinforcement, that touch reinforcement, I call it. <laughs> uh, I will definitely give the endorsement that, you know, for anyone wondering if they should travel next year to go to, to the, you know, to, to uh, BPP. I definitely think just from my couple of weeks on the virtual, you know, standpoint, it was like, you know what? I don't know if I would travel for a conference alone, but these guys also know how to party. And, you know, I would definitely travel to party with you guys and also, you know, get some knowledge in and get some workshops in as well. But, you know. Right. And that's it. And that's what we want people to understand, that it that is not just a conference. This is a pride weekend. Um, where we where we kind of try and balance all of our activities to make sure that we have um, all the right amounts. The, the amount of time that Sheree and I put into carefully like curating the weekend is is mind blowing. Right. 
And and just so you know how we get down, it's like, yes, we have classes and the conference happens, but and it's always amazing and great and just um just it's wonderful. I can't talk about it enough. But we have a party and then we have an after party. So, oh, oh. so, you, so you have like a about... you have a super secret after party on top of the party. Okay then. Well, it's it's not always super secret, although our play party is vetted. Um, <laughs> but we do have the party and the after party. So if you're curious as to whether or not you're going to have fun, just know that we we want to have a great time. Like. Yeah. This is something that we do just as much for ourselves as we do for our community. Um, This is, you know, we have, like, levels of access for people who may have other things to do that weekend. But we have an all-inclusive ticket, which is called, like, a black card ticket. So, you know, you buy your black card. And that gives you access to all of the events, including the after parties. Um, and then the play party, of course, has you have to have the vetting in order to be able to attend that party. But of course. we we know we know how to party. So um, that is something that that uh, you, like if you it's one of those you know how some things that happen at particular parties just kind of stay there. So mm-hmm. for anyone listening who may have been on the 2019 Black Poly Pride party bus, it's just one of those things that you just totally had to be there. Um, there was some video of and, uh, and let me say this: there's not a person who attended and bought a a one day pass who did not highly regret it. So every single person who like only bought like bought a day for Friday or a day for Saturday, people who bought a day pass for Friday came back and bought a day pass for Saturday because they were like, okay, we didn't know what this is going to be, and now that we know, we need to come Saturday too. Wow. And the people who came Saturday were like, I can't believe I didn't come Friday. We're like upset. So. I get you. Okay. So how can you not want to go after hearing all of that? I ain't know why you want it. I'm going, I'm going to find, you know, we'll start making plans from now to see what can happen. <laughs> It'll happen. But um, yeah, so tell us what your plan is for the rest of this year. Since BPP is canceled, do you have any super secret Christmas events planned? Thanksgiving <sighs> events? Just wanting us to visit events. Well, okay, so we are really, really, really hoping, crossing our fingers, our toes, and everything else. We have a retreat that we are planning uh, that we're going to like rent a cabin mansion in Tennessee and have a retreat because we know how touch starved our community is going to be after all of this is over. And And we really want to provide. An, an opportunity for like reconnection. Yeah, there's gonna be a big need like to really just like you know how the old folks say like I need to lay eyes on you, like that that real like I need to see you, I need to to be able to really be in community. And so this all started happening like COVID nineteen really started happening for me in my life in early March. So um, by the time that we're rounding out the end of the year, it will have been anywhere between six to nine months since we've been able to really gather. Um, so we are very, we are hoping for a fall retreat. Um, we are keeping our fingers crossed. And before we make any announcements or plans, we are just kind of going to watch and see what's happening with the global pandemic. Yeah. So, but you mentioned New Year's Eve and that's my favorite holiday. So that would be dope too. You're welcome to party with me for New Year's Eve. I was supposed to come to Hedonism 
in Jamaica in July, and I had to cancel, unfortunately. Yeah, I hear about that. Like, it is so and sad. <laughs> I know. My girlfriends and I, we had our tickets. We were, like, our trips were pretty much paid off. And, unfortunately, we had to cancel due to COVID. So, I am dying to get to Jamaica. Okay? So, um, Jen, I don't know what your plans are. <laughs> My plans but... are to be wherever you are, baby. I got you. <laughs> But we clearly need a, a Jamaica trip. <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah. tell us where to find you. Yeah, that's that's the last super important bit to share with everyone. Aside from the fact that they are they're open to new partners, you <laughs> need to know where to find them so that you can let them know that you want to be their partner, right? So tell us where to find you guys. Tell us all the, so, the Instagram, the Twitters, the Facebook, everything. And the website. So that's where the pictures are. I'll run down where you can find Black Poly Pride, and then we'll tell us where you can find us individually. So you can find Black Poly Pride at our website, www.blackpolypride.com. We're at Black Poly Pride on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and we are also um, Black Poly Pride on Facebook. So if you've attended one of our events, we would love it if you could go and leave a review. That's very helpful to us. Um, so we know how you feel about the events and um, other people can see your five or four star reviews. Um, personally, you can find me online at Shanae Speaks on Twitter, at The Real Shanae on Instagram, and look for Shanae Jackson Kendall on Facebook. All right. Awesome. And so this is Cherie, and you can find me at Calico Eyes. C-A-L-I-C-O-E-Y-E-Z-215 on Instagram. And you can find me at Cherie Calico Roman on Facebook. And if you forget any of that, you can always come to Black Poly Pride on Instagram and find our pages in our bio. All right. So that's the easiest way to find you guys. Black Poly Pride Instagram or website. Indeed. Yeah. Oh, a little birdie told me there was a birthday coming up. Oh, a Sometimes. Patreon? Huh. Uh, a, a bir- yeah, you have a Patreon, right? We do have a Patreon. If you want to support us, you can go to www.patreon.com slash blackpolypride, and you can support us on a monthly basis for as little as $3 a month. Um, mm-hmm. And those Patreon donations really add up, so we'd love your support. Yes. And that's where you, that's where we give all the juicy details about things that happen behind the scenes. Yeah, there's some original content on there that you do not want to miss out on. All righty, well, sounds good to me. Yeah, I think I think that's everything. Do you have any more questions for them, Sham? Tell me. I I can disappear and let you talk a bit more if you want. No, no, that's fine. You know, I don't want to get into the picking one over the other thing again. <laughs> but for the <laughs> record, guys, the four of us. They, they they like me a lot, but they're also polyamorous, so they're open to both of us. Just hey, the more the more the merrier, okay? <laughs> Keep it all in a group. Why are you guys like this? Well, see what happened was it's Tuesday and it's our funny day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, all thanks right, again so much for joining us. Uh, look Thank forward you for to having us. Seeing you guys at another uh, Black People Allowed event and then in person at Black Poly Pride and or the retreat. We'll see. Awesome. Sounds good. Wait, that was the next question. What's the, what's the next, um, are Black People Allowed coming up, if there is one? Oh. 
So black our black people allowed is actually on hiatus for this week. Um, so we're taking a break the week of the 23rd, but we will be back on May 30th. 30th. All right. Look out for that. I look forward to it. It's always a good time, guys. There's almost no commitment. So definitely, if you're hearing this, try to attend one of these. Trust me, yes. you won't. Slide in our DMs. That's the way to gain access so many DMs to our Black people allowed. So slide <laughs> in our DMs on Black Poly Pride on Instagram or Black Poly Pride on Facebook, and we'll get you through the door. All right. Well, I think that might be it. Okay, cool. Once again, definitely want to thank Sheree and Shanae for coming out and blessing blessing the podcast with their good vibes and their good yeah. energy. It was They're such good a good and they're good up, they're good up, buddy. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a great conversation. Uh, we talked about a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm going to be pulling clips from this episode from like now till that kingdom come and sharing them with people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, uh, again, you can find them on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Patreon, the website. Uh, yeah. So Black Poly Pride is their Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook page yeah. and then if the web- afford, if can, yeah if you can afford support i'll say support them yeah know, everybody needs sure. it right now it starts at three dollars a month so it's super and it's dope and then there um they have a cash app and a venmo as well if you guys want that information you can just dm me directly and i will pass that on to you and also the website uh blackpolypride.com I mean, I've been on there. I'm definitely planning to go to either the retreat or the conference or both or whatever my pocket and time can allow. And if I can't make it, they're going to have to Skype a bitch in, okay? I'm going to be there in spirit. Definitely. I I need you to go. I don't know if I can go just yet. We don't know what the world's going to look like. But, you know, if I'm in that side of the world, I will definitely try to make it. Just these are fun people. And these are always fun events. And I was like, you know what? I like it. It's a mix of learning and Getting wasted, which is, is yeah. my thing. <laughs> yeah, but not white girl wasted, though. No, no, no. Responsible wasted. Responsibly wasted. And we're going to be love and touch wasted. Like, we're just going to be all up on each other. Oh, I'm getting uh, excited just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> just wait. That's easy. Your time will come. <laughs> oh, yes. Of course. Oh, our bit now. We have to rate, review, and subscribe Very, to the yeah. podcast. Follow us on Twitter at ManagamishPod. Mm-hmm. Instagram, ManagamishPod. Show notes are at monogamishpod.wordpress.com. Ooh, see? Sham yeah. knows where to find us. What else we got? <laughs> uh, anchor. There's yeah. stuff on the Anchor. Like, um, if you want to send us a voice note and if you want to email us, monogamishpod.gmail.com. Yeah. That's right, because no one uses Yahoo anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we're working on a Patreon. Like I said, it's a slow process just because mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we have the right pricing for the right content and we want to give you guys the most value for your buck. Yeah. That makes so if sense. You, yeah. If you want a Patreon, what what would you want to see on the Patreon? You know, can this just drop us a line? It's like, oh, hey, I want to see this and bam, it's right there. Yeah, that that is a great idea. You can DM us that information, the stuff is, and you can also email us. If you guys are queer or, you know, people of color who are polyamorous and want to be on the podcast, you can also drop us a line. Let us know why you why you want to be on here. Let us know what's up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've reached out. I mean, we have a couple more interviews planned for a time period. Yeah. Um, so we'll be recording some more stuff. But I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how the rest of this season of Monogamish plays out. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did we forget anything else? Did we forget something? 
Uh, no, I think just just the outro. Oh, okay. All right, you start the outro this time. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. I'm Jen. I'm Sam. And, and oh, we're, we're monogamous. Nope. nope. Oh, we're I, almost there. I had to say it in the game. I'm sorry. We're monogamous. I yeah. You threw me off because it's like, wait, I go first. I throw off the whole thing. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> XOXO. Bye, guys.